All righty. Well, welcome to the On Iowa podcast. I'm your host, Iowa football beat writer, Leah Van at the Gazette. And today I am joined by the Gazette business and sports enterprise reporter, John Steppy. John, how's it going? Good. Ready to talk about Alston and NIL and a bunch of fun things there. Yeah, I mean... There's so much news in college football right now, and I think that it's really easy to get lost in some of the details. And so I really hope that by, you know, people listening to this podcast, they will be able to understand how or have at least a basic knowledge of everything that's going on. So um, the reason I'm having you on today is because you wrote the article, U.S. Supreme Court's Alston Ruling Ushers New Age of Athletes' Rights new challenges for Iowa Athletics Department on Monday, which deals with the Alston versus NCAA case in the Supreme Court. So that was, of course, a landmark case for collegiate athletics and sparked additional conversations afterwards. So I'm hoping before we get into the nitty gritty of this, that we take it back to the beginning. So John, can you tell me what exactly the Alston versus NCAA case was specifically about? So it goes back to a former West Virginia football player, Sean Alston, who had to take out a loan to pay for his entire cost of attendance because there's the whole situation of you have what's included in the scholarship and then you have other educational benefits that anyone who goes to college needs. So when I was at the Marquette University, so that's my first Marquette plug of the podcast. (laughs) We'll see how many more I can fit in. Um, So when I was at Marquette, of course, along with my tuition payment of a lot of money to Marquette, um, probably more than I would have liked them to. So maybe if Marquette's listening, they can lower their tuition for future students. (laughs) Yes. But I mean, I had the cost of a laptop. I had the cost of even just simple things like notebooks. Laptops, probably a better example of some of those things. You have costs with completing internships. You have costs with, for journalism person and digital media person, buying SD cards. So you have various educational costs. And that's why Sean Alston needed to take out a loan for it, which is kind of crazy to think about a college football player under full scholarship needing to take out a loan to be able to do what he was doing. So that led to the Alston versus NCAA case, which then the Supreme Court went all the way up there. I won't go through the full main schoolhouse rock, although I don't know if schoolhouse rock ever did something judicial specific. I'm thinking (laughs) of how a bill becomes a law and now that'll be stuck in my head and all of our listeners can get that stuck in their head too. But I won't go through all of that. Got to Supreme Court. Basically the case said, okay, is the NCAA's limitations on educational benefits in violation of antitrust laws? And unanimously, the Supreme Court said, yes, it is. So basically, it opens the door for athletes to get more educational benefits. And you will hear me talk about educational benefits a lot, almost like a broken record. I'll be saying that more often than people listening or watching The Bachelorette here, whether somebody's here for the right reasons. This (laughs) will one up that, which says a lot there. 
So it's educational benefits. So now athletes can get up to $5,980. So easier to just remember almost six grand, a little under um, for right now. And that number could change, but for now, almost six grand in educational benefits from their institution. And they can also receive paid internships, which is something that any other student, and when I was at Marquette, I was able to do, but athletes had limitations on because of amateurism. Right. And so um, I think what was interesting, I thought it was interesting that this case kind of spurred off of the O'Bannon case, which we all know is what got rid of the NCAA video games that we all love so much because it came to that conclusion. That was a very traumatic moment for me when I realized (laughs) I wasn't going to be able to buy the next NCAA football video game. Right. And that was, you know, that was the moment that, you know, the course decided that the NCAA was profiting off of athletes name, image, and likeness, which is something that we'll talk about later in the podcast. And and specifically that that was in, that that was subject to antitrust laws. It was kind of the big piece of that from O'Bannon. Right. And then that $5,980 is a little bit more than that $5,500 loan that Sean Alston had to take out as a student athlete at West Virginia. And so yeah, actually kind is, of striking how similar those numbers are. Yeah. I mean, it's not that much more, but it is more right. And yeah. it is like in addition to the full scholarship from my understanding. Yep. Okay. So what are the potential impacts of this ruling? So it's really going to cause schools to kind of get creative with how they're going to offer these educational benefits where one sports legal expert was telling me that the schools that are kind of quote unquote win from this or be in better positions are, you kind of have a couple groups. You have A, the people who have money, B, the people who are creative about how to implement this. And then the people who are in really good shape are the people who both have the money and have the creativity. They're really set. So those are going to be the schools that are really going to benefit from this, where they can start to offer this. Now, for the athletes, this means they're going to get more more rights to be able to do things like post-grad internships. And oftentimes, that's a big thing for their career, considering I forgot what the exact number is, but the vast majority of NCAA athletes don't go pro in their sports, just like you hear in those NCAA ads that we hear, it feels like every year. So it's going to be big for athletes in terms of that. Now, one thing that Matt Midden at the National Sports Law Institute at my alma mater, Marquette University, there's my second plug of Marquette. So One thing that Matt said, and he's been somebody who's been called in to talk to Congress about, I mean, this collegiate athletics stuff. So definitely a guy of a lot of knowledge is that there's a possibility for some abuse here in terms of what counts as a quote unquote educational benefit, where the example that he used in kind of a slight exaggeration was, let's say there's a basketball player who is a music major. Um, And let's say they play the violin. A violin is an educational benefit for that athlete because that's a key part of their education. 
where it's hard to be a music major without having the instrument that you play. It would have been hard for me in high school orchestra without having a cello to play. So it's an important thing there. So you're getting the whole bio from me in this episode of the podcast. But going back on track here, how nice of a violin is that? Is this kind of just the violin that a music major needs? Or is this a Stradivarius? And that's where it's a slight exaggeration because I don't think that you could get a Stradivarius for less than 6,000. Just a slight guess there, unless you have a very rich friend who is good with losing a lot of money by selling it for only 6,000. So you could have maybe some abuse there of, well, maybe not abuse, but maybe taking advantage of the rules. Because I think abuse is a very strong connotation that comes with it because it really is giving more benefits to athletes in the long run. And then you talked to Kurt Ferentz about this. What did he say about that? Yeah, it's interesting with Kirk, you get a lot of, not a lot. And so, (laughs) uh, I mean, what an excellent description there. Right. And I, so I had a one-on-one interview with him on Monday and then on Tuesday, he gave the exact same answer in which I asked in the one-on-one interview. And basically he said, he didn't know a lot about the Alston case. He doesn't really know a lot about name, image, and likeness. He knows enough for what a head coach should know. Right. But he said he was driving in his car on the way to Des Moines and he heard, Mark Few talking about it on ESPN radio saying that it's just going to be another adjustment. And so that's how Kirk Ferentz views it. He's mostly like a football guy. So he's very passionate on things like, you know, practice schedules, which the NCAA is looking to adjust this fall. But as far as name, image, and likeness or the Alston case, he's kind of like, yeah, this is another thing we're going to just learn, have to learn how to deal with. Right. And, um, you know, and then, I did ask one of the players, Kyler Schott, who is an offensive lineman, one of the starting offensive linemen for Iowa. And he also didn't really know much about the Austin case. And he said, honestly, if I make more money, then cool. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is any player going to be against this? Absolutely not. I wouldn't be. And I think. Yeah. Who is against? Oh, wait. We'll all of a sudden give you more money. If the Gazette all of a sudden said, hey, we're going to give you more money, I'm not going to say no to that. And we're both in the office, so maybe I should say it a little louder so that people who could actually make that happen (laughs) can hear that. But why wouldn't you be for it if you're an athlete? And it was kind of funny how, you know, we were going into the press conference with Kirk Ferentz and there was some side joking between him and Tyler Goodson about him, Tyler getting a Mercedes out of the fact that he'd be profiting off of his name, image, and likeness, which is hilarious, you know, being the <laughs> starting running back. And um, of course, he does not have a Mercedes. As far as we know, he does not. And so um, I'll be looking around those Iowa City streets if I see a Mercedes on Melrose. I'm going to be asking questions. Well, at yeah. least I know that he kind of wants that Mercedes. But Anyway, back to getting on track here. I think we should transition into the NIL conversation because that's where some of the breaking news is right now. So I think where people get confused is what does this Alston case mean to the name, image, and likeness issue, if at all? And it's a really confusing thing because people likely haven't heard of either one until recently. And now they're hearing a lot from both. 
But it's important that in terms of direct impact, the Alston case is unrelated to name, image, and likeness. You're going to hear me say it again, educational benefits. That's what Alston is all about, is those educational benefits that athletes can now receive. Now, you've got NIL, which is totally different. That's name, image, and likeness. So that is, and that's a wide range of things, but it's different from educational benefits. So that could be a matter of, I think last time that we talked about NIL, I was saying that as a star third baseman, hypothetically speaking, on the Iowa baseball team. And that means, okay, I could go to, I mean, Coral Ridge Mall and have a sign that says $20 for John Steppy autographs. And people can line up and I can sign it. And all of a sudden I'm making money off my, literally my name. That could be the image and likeness can go down to, the NCAA video games. That's probably the one that people are going to care about a lot. And image could be, okay, maybe McGrath Auto. Now, I am a business reporter, but I've had no conversations with McGrath about that. Just using this as an example, let's say, especially if McGrath is listening, did not hear this from anybody, just using you as an example, that maybe they want to put Luca Garza if this was a year ago and Luca was still playing and had NCAA eligibility, let's say they want to have his picture up on the McGrath auto billboard where it's the official car dealer of Luca Garza. Well, now that's something that Luca could negotiate and actually make money off of. So maybe we'll say Jordan Bohannon because he's coming back. So there's an example of someone, let's say McGrath wants to be the official auto dealer of Jordan Bohannon and have him up on all their billboards, that's something that they can do. But that is, again, separate from whether an athlete can get their laptops or paid internships or that kind of thing beyond what the NCAA was previously allowing. So there is separate legislation on NIL in Congress right now. And the NCAA is kind of in a bind since 19 states have actually passed their own NIL laws. This has failed twice in the state of Iowa. And seven of the states are actually going to have their NIL laws take effect this July. So that's Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, New Mexico, and Texas. They all start on July 1st. Arizona's will start on July 23rd for some reason. And where do those other states stand? Well, we've got Arkansas, Michigan, Nevada, Tennessee. Those will all take place in 2022. California, who was kind of the first domino to fall, the first state to really, you know, pass an NIL legislation, theirs in Colorado, Maryland, Montana, and South Carolina won't take effect until 2023. You look at Nebraska, Just a few Oklahoma. Here. Yeah. And then you look at Nebraska and Oklahoma, which will also take effect in 2023. But there's a clause in there that says that, you know, these could be implemented sooner, depending on like a school by school basis. So, and then you've got New Jersey, which, you know, we're waiting until 2025. Okay. But anyway, with this impending deadline and chaos for all the states that you, that with these laws that are going to take effect in July and 2022, 2023, USA Today broke some news and yes. about the NCAA rushing to come up with a solution so that there's some sort of unified um, order to this chaos. So what exactly is that solution? 
So the really short description of this is basically if you don't have NIL laws in place in your state, make them up for yourself. So it's every school is me coming up with their own rules for NIL, which now all of a sudden these compliance departments are having to kind of build out of nowhere this major set of policies here that are pretty dramatic of a change. Like usually a compliance department is not built for coming up with these massive new sets of rules in a really short amount of time. And I think it was Jeff Goodman who was saying on Twitter that he was talking to one compliance person who was really frustrated because the compliance person was telling him, I mean, how am I supposed to put together this? And I'm paraphrasing here, but basically how am I supposed to put together these rules in one week's time now? So it's kind of this last second, they need to do something because had this not happened, people think that this could have really put states like Iowa that haven't had any NIL legislation that, as you mentioned, had not had much success in the state legislature at trying to pass NIL things. Latest one didn't pass the next funnel deadline. So, which we could get in a whole conversation about the funnel deadlines in state legislature, but it would have basically meant that Iowa would have been at a recruiting disadvantage when, I mean, maybe Nebraska and Iowa are both competing for the same recruit that all of a sudden Nebraska could say, well, you can make more money with us. And that could maybe be an incentive to a lot of people. But this is an attempt at leveling that playing field. I think that we're going to find, and it, I don't think it's meant to be anything long-term. It's just a short-term, hey, we got to do something. July 1st is literally next week. And this basically sets up something so schools like Iowa aren't necessarily left in the dust on this. So I think you kind of predicted this on the previous podcast that we recorded, and then we're having to re-record with this breaking news today. <laughs> but what's interesting, and I think what we need to also note, is that the NCAA did have a plan to come up with nationwide uniformity on NIL back in this January, this past January or February. Which feels but like that, ages ago. Right. But that got postponed. Why? because of the Alston case and the issue of antitrust. And so now that the issue of antitrust laws is kind of over it, we have this, we have a ruling. Now we can move forward with name, image, and likeness as far as like the NCAA can. And now as yeah. far as like Congress working on name, image, and likeness, that's not going to happen anytime soon. We can't count on our national government to pay attention to that when there's so many other things going on. But there And is, the state legislature isn't even in session. So in Iowa law, don't hold your breath for it, basically. Like, yeah. I mean, don't hold your breath like for moments of the next like month or two even it would take a lot probably because at some point they'll have a special session for redistricting but other than that yeah you aren't gonna have an Iowa law and as you mentioned Congress you're not gonna expect anything to come from that and that is one of the situations as you mentioned with the January thing that it's kind of one of the indirect ways that Alston and NIL relate 
because if they were to put out all these rules about profiting off your name, image, and likeness, well, all of a sudden that case for amateurism maybe gets a little more difficult. So that's one of these ways that things are kind of intertwined. And you could also have a situation of, okay, is a big booster of, okay, I'm just going to use another hypothetical with no knowledge of either of these entities involved. Let's say that the world's largest truck stop who has donated a lot is considering whether to donate to the university, whether to give an NIL deal to an athlete, or whether to give a paid internship. I don't know if they do internships at the world's largest truck stop. So I am not in the world's largest truck stop industry. So I don't know that, but if there was one, okay, which route do you go down? That used to be just one route that if you were gonna support the University of Iowa football program, you would write a check to the University of Iowa Center for Advancement. Now you have a couple different routes of how you do that. You can do the, okay, are we going to give the direct donation there or the NIL deal or maybe the paid internship? Because what a great perk that would be if you're recruiting a business student and you can tell that business student, hey, you know what? We can guarantee you a paid internship. Let's say they really are excited about truck stops, this recruit, at the world's largest truck stop. You could have that. And now that's not me trying to diss truck stops or anything, just saying that let's say somebody does want to go into that. That's a nice perk. Let's say if somebody wants to go into education and kind of education technology, it could say, hey, ACT is here. We can guarantee you a paid internship there. Well, all of a sudden, that's a nice perk there. So it's one of the ways that these technically are unrelated, but really they do have a lot of indirect relations to each other. Right. So um, I think we've kind of touched on the pros and cons of all of this, you know, over the fact that the NCAA is going to put out some sort of legislation within a week, which is never going to be a recipe for success. Um, and the <laughs> by the time that this it, is being put onto Apple Podcasts, there may be something new with the progress of them doing this. It's just kind of that scrambling last second to have this done. Right. And so I think, you know, what a lot of people have asked me personally as a football reporter is like, do you think you see like an impact on recruiting? I think long-term, yeah. If you, you know, if you didn't have, at least if Iowa doesn't, let's say Iowa, University of Iowa does not allow profiting off the name, image, and likeness, it's obviously going to put you at a disadvantage, right? Yeah. And, um, but I also think, and then as far as like, the educational benefits, if we're going to bring that into it and we're going to bring that into and we're also going to bring in name, image, and likeness, these two possible ways in which athletes can get money, right? Well, yeah. a school like Iowa doesn't quite have the budget that a school like, say, Alabama might have, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're talking about a football program. And so yeah. Alabama Nobody has the Iowa, Alabama budget. Alabama well, maybe a couple of schools like, compete they don't really compete for the same recruits, but mm-hmm. 
I'm just using that as an example. I mean, I don't know who per se has a bigger budget than Iowa and the Big Ten, maybe Ohio State, right? Now that yeah. would be some major pull on say Xavier Nwanpa, who is a top tier recruit in the state of Iowa. So this could start taking away the top tier athletes within the state of Iowa and attract them to go somewhere else rather than becoming an Iowa Hawkeye. Because if you have perhaps Ohio State being able to do more with those educational benefits than Iowa, that could change things. Now, I think the bigger difference is MB between a school like Iowa or Northern Iowa, or maybe somebody's considering, okay, I can walk on at Iowa, be at that big school, or I could play at UNI and have maybe more of a significant role. Well, if the Iowa football program can afford to do more in terms of this educational benefits than UNI, well, now there's maybe a little more incentive to go to Iowa. And maybe Iowa can promise more in terms of some of these educational benefits that could help somebody's career. So, but on the could. flip side, on the flip side, I will say if you have a chance to be like star, the star player on the UNI football team, or say a preferred walk on in Iowa, right? And name, if image, you're the and likeness. Star, yeah, name, image, and likeness might work to your advantage, right? Because if yeah. you are in Cedar Falls and the local Cedar Falls, like barbecue joint or burger joint, wants, to put, dealer, wants to put your name on their local business and they're like a booming local business, then yeah, maybe you should go to UNI. So it also could benefit some of those smaller schools for those prospects that are on like the bottom level kind of the fence. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. So there is a lot of uncertainty with how this will all play out. So it'll be fascinating to see, okay, which of those plays out? Where is it the NIL benefits of being at a smaller school? Or will it be the larger school with the educational benefits? Which one will that be? Are they willing to spend $5,980 on every single athlete? I don't think that's going to be doable for a lot of schools, but it could be. You never know. I mean, football brings in a ton of money. We're also coming off a pandemic. So, and then football coaches are another expense. So anyway, Don, I wanted to thank you for coming on the On Iowa podcast today. Best of luck to your uh, Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow night. It was a rough start last night so it can't really mean my heart can't be broken any more than it was last night that was a that was a tough last minute there so yeah that better luck tomorrow night so I know maybe I'll listeners... start driving back to Milwaukee to make it to Deer District so if I listeners was... can't tell John Steppy is a Wisconsin native and aggressively. So he has the oh, yes. Wisconsin accent. I think I've heard so far. Oh, I can say plenty of Wisconsin words here. Well, just saying Wisconsin is <laughs> the best way there. Um, I could kind of pull my Manitowoc minute guy impression, say, keep her moving. Oh, so that's a, that's a good Wisconsin accent one there. And of course, on brand, I have a love for cheese curds and frozen custard. So you betcha, right? you will see me in the Culver's drive through line in Iowa city a lot. So <laughs> if you're, if you're in that line, look around, you may see me.
Well, to that end, can you tell everyone where to follow your work at the Gazette? Yes. Well, my work and occasional comments about cheese curds can be found on my Twitter feed at jsteppe1. Steppe is spelled S-T-E-P-P-E. So the whole thing, J-S-T-E-P-P-E, and then the number one. So you can see me there. Um, you can follow my work, of course, on thegazette.com. Um, I believe it's thegazette.com slash John dash Steppy that would get you to all of my articles. Um, but you can also just see it on our website as things kind of come along. He will make some appearances in the sports section and some in the business section. So, and of course, all over I, that B section there. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Y'all can find me at lvan underscore sports on Twitter. I'm your Hawkeye beat writer at the Gazette. Thank y'all for listening. Van with two ends. <laughs> Van with two ends. V a double n. Thank y'all for listening to the On Iowa podcast. Y'all have a good one.